Be'ezes Hashem Yisbarech. We will continue. We'll be learning the holy letters of the Balatanya. Letter number 12. The Shir is in the Shush Rufur Shalema for Hinda Bastabe Rachel. Well, we are going on a very fascinating journey deep into this letter from the Balatanya, which delves into the depth of life and the magnificence of two modes of consciousness and how they relate to compassion, where you can be superficially in the world, which over here means to be doing acts, activities that are not fully invested with your intelligence, your emotions, your heart, where your activities are just mere activities, or to have a mode of consciousness where your mind your heart, your will, and your pleasure, your mind and your body are fully in sync, and you're pushing yourself to the limit. Which when you do the activity of compassion, you fully show up and we are going very deep into this idea to understand its enormous ramifications in life and to understand it with the full vitality of understanding, which means to realize that when, however we operate, however we act with anybody in this world, the act is the reward. The way you engage, the way you reveal your soul to another person is number one, the, is the consciousness and the intelligence and the expression of who you are, which means that the act is the reward. A person gets up and he sings a beautiful song and he has this tremendous talent. The act of the singing is the reward, the most majestical talent coming to fruition. He may get paid for singing so beautifully. He may be talked about, but the actual act the act itself is the reward. To be able to mesmerize a crowd like that, to be able to create an orchestra, a symphony, where everybody is part of the music. That mere activity is the most awesome thing in the world. We're not trying to get anywhere with that activity. Even if the man is motivated, by the rewards, even if he was brought to the symphony, to the orchestra, to the stadium, 
that a stage by means of money, by means of some type of future experience, the act alone is the reward. This is one of the most enormous concepts of Hasidic philosophy, which the ego will have you believe that a better reward is coming tomorrow. The ego will have you believe that there's always a better time in the future. Where there's two modes of consciousness, where I'm living now only for tomorrow, which means I am not here, I'm only in my tomorrow, which means my whole life is the future, which means that I'm essentially never really alive because the tomorrow never comes. Or to live life the way Hasidic philosophy demands and revolutionizes and magnifies, which is to realize that my whole future is now. Whatever I do now, that's what I will live with forever. Whatever type of person I am now, whatever activity I do for someone, and it's in addition to the fact that I can tap into an energy that's never-ending and everlasting. I can tap into something that's most magnificent, most creative, most magical. But my whole entire future is right now. Never to be concerned with what happens tomorrow. Because tomorrow is now. You see, to understand the idea, to see it from the lenses of the ego, which means superficially, and then to see it from the lenses of the soul, which means internally, panemiously, where I understand it with my intelligence, with my complete attention. The ego takes the idea of a tomorrow and projects an unbelievable tomorrow that's coming. And then it stifles you out of today, stifles you out of yesterday, and it makes you completely obsessed with a better tomorrow that's coming. And therefore, your whole entire day today is concerned with tomorrow. Because your ego cannot live in the present moment. Your ego is just trying to survive. It's just trying the figment of life, the figment of your imagination is only for tomorrow. The picture that you take with your camera is not for today. It's only for a tomorrow. But what you do today what the moment that you do today, the moment that you live life fully today, not for some reward to tomorrow, but to fully show up presently, that moment that you are totally awake, totally sensitive to your child, to your spouse, to somebody near you, putting yourself in their shoes with no judgment, no reactivity. These are moments that live on forever. The ego wants to steal from this idea. So the ego steals just the idea of tomorrow. But Hasidic philosophy explains that there really is no tomorrow. So what you do today is forever. 
and it will change your life forever. So when you understand this idea, if you understand that the tomorrow is now, whatever you do now will change your life forever. If you understand that there is no tomorrow, how much activity, how much energy do you put in this moment right now? It's like God forbid a person who's leaving, leaving this world to knows that they have no more time left on this world. And past the pain of that, past the fear of that, how do they live their life? How do they hug their children? How do they look at their spouse? There's no more tomorrow. There's no more reward. There's no more. We're not getting anywhere. Money doesn't have a meaning for tomorrow. You're not doing anything for tomorrow. So therefore, the fact that there is no tomorrow slingshots you deep into the present moment. Turns you into the most compassionate creator of the world. You realize that all you have now is the gift of life, the gift of vitality, the gift of the love that you can give to the people around you. And if you are fully mesmerized by the moment that there is right now, by no tomorrow at all, no fear of losing the tomorrow, not even the fear, when a person is so alive and so awake to the idea that there is no tomorrow, either because it's the end of his life or because he's fully in touch with the energy of life right now, then how attentive does he give himself over to his family and his children? If we eliminate the idea of a tomorrow, if the tomorrow is now, to meditate on this concept, this is not a concept that you get with a blink of an eye. This is demands tremendous meditation to understand that there is no such a thing as a tomorrow. Then how do you act? How does your activity to understand this in its enormity? The activity alone is the reward. The great awesome revelation of the Baal is no tomorrow is coming. No reward is coming. The messianic era is not about the, the true essence of the messianic era is to realize that what you do now is what matters. To see that you created the world now, the most amazing opera singer, the most amazing musical artist, is living in a petty world if all he gains from his act, his singing act, is the money that he's going to get at the end of the concert. If he's just waiting for the reward so he can live another day. The act of playing music, of creating that symphony, that orchestra, the mesmerizing a crowd and singing together, Nobody who sings a song is waiting for the song to end. The song goes on because the life force that there is in music is something beyond comprehension. It is the music alone of life that is the purpose. It is the music and the vitality of compassion that is the purpose. And if you're looking to get somewhere with that compassion, that compassion has been hijacked by the ego. To be free from compassion from the ego is to be free from any reward. 
to be from, free from any reward at all. Of course, a person should always start out with the reward because it's much better to do something for the future than not to do it at all. But to understand the enormous clarity of giving up the reward, of dropping the future, to be free from any future, means to understand that the mere act of charity brings peace in the world that's unimaginable. It is the act alone of you transcending your selfishness, even if you're asleep while you do it, that brings a peace in the world that's unimaginable. And that alone allows you to be a free person. And the deeper peace that you make with another person, the more intimate, the more you show up, the more you are awake, you are sober enough to realize that the whole world depends on you. When there's a poor man in front of you, when your child is near you, when your spouse is around you, it's only you that holds the key to the salvation. It's only you and there's no tomorrow and to show up in that sense means to create a tremendous sensitivity. And many times, a person will want something from you. And you will not give them the same compassion that you give to a friend. And the Holy Lubavitcher Rebbe, when he spoke about this once, he said, what is the reason for that? Why is somebody considered reacha and another person in the Jewish nation, why is he not considered reach? There's only one difference between somebody who you think is your friend and somebody who you think is not your friend. One, you are looking at him superficially and you say to yourself, you don't know him. You haven't interacted with him. But if you got to know him in his core, he would instantly become your friend. And that's the difference between kindness and compassion. Kindness is the activity of giving a poor man charity. And it's wonderful. And it brings peace in the world because that alone is the reward. But to get to know somebody, to listen to their story, means to become their friend. Means that there's no shame when he receives from you. He feels understood because there's a give and take relationship between poor man and rich man. And in friendship, nobody's thinking. If it's true friendship, ain't it to Bedover? If it's true friendship, no one's thinking who's the giver, who's the receiver. The idea is to create a free flow of energy between two people where I know you and you know me. I know you intellectually, emotionally. And then my compassion, my sensitivity is entirely different. It's a friendship. And how important it is to understand that when we say, to understand that all the Jewish people on some level or another are your friends. So when a person is entirely foreign to you, the goal is to create reacha. The goal is to create compassion where there's a sensitivity, where you get to know them. But even if you don't get to know them, the act alone is the reward. 
the transcendence of selfishness. But the Holy Balatanya explained that based on how deeply you get to know the person, based on how deeply you are in tune with your child's needs, with your spouse's needs, the act is the reward because instantly that's how God relates to you. Most of the time, God's relating to the world in a superficial, superficial way. You create your own future. Your sins, your own addictions, your own traumas, anxieties, depressions, they are all creations of your own way of living. Because life is a me that can negate me, the life is a form of cause and effect. And as we grow older and older, we bag on and we pile on more trauma, more negative moments. And if we don't train ourselves to see the positive in all situations, if we don't train ourselves to be awake, to be highly in tune, highly active rather than reactive, highly responsible rather than blaming, highly in tune with the vibrate, with the vibrations and the vitality of the world, then we'll get sucked into the old, sucked into the past. Be tremendously obsessed with a better tomorrow. All the while asleep to the present. But if we are highly enthusiastic, if we are engaged in avoid, if we show up internally, emotionally, intelligently, if we're highly sensitive, if we realize that the purpose of life is what I'm going to do at this moment and how active, how qualitative is my relationship going to be with my child, with my spouse? Am I going to be reactive? to what my spouse just did or sensitive to what they need right at this moment because they can't comprehend? Am I going to be the victim of everybody around me which is cause and effect? Or am I going to take a stand? If I resolute in the morning to be compassionate, am I going to allow my spouse to make me reactive? Allow them to take control over me or will I be fully resolute deep inside my consciousness? So when I look at my spouse, I judge them from my core, which is their core, which means in that space there's tremendous love and compassion. And I see beyond the superficial. Or is it cause and effect? Are we back in superficial where my soul is asleep? Where then my relationship with God is a sleep, sleepy relationship. So the cause is the reward. Do you understand? The, the activity is the reward. If I look in front of you and I'm compassionate, then instantly God looks at me and he's compassionate. So the mere activity that I generated such a creative song of my soul, the song of compassion, is the song that God's singing through me and to me. Do you understand? The song is, I can be the greatest singer in the world, but if I never sing, I'll never mesmerize the audience, I'll never mesmerize myself. But the song itself is the reward. The compassion flowing through me already is the reward. But it's God's compassion that's flowing through me. So when I look up, it's God singing to me. And when I look at you, it's me singing to you. But it starts with me singing to you, which allows to God to sing through me and to me. And that is the cycle of life to understand. The deeper I show up, the deeper I show up in the sense what he says, over here, the more life and vitality and energy the more obsessive I am in compassion, the more highly intuitive that I am. When I look at another person, the more intuitive God will be with me, the more 
my life will be real, the more I'll be in touch with the vitality, the miracle of life that's happening at this moment right now, which never happens in the future. It can't happen in the future because the future doesn't exist. You only live in the present moment. The only change you can make in this moment right now, you can never make a change in the future, but whatever you do now will be your future. If you're a deep addict and you resolve to change this moment, the rest of your life, that addiction will be gone because the future is now. But to be awake to that, to be clear with that, to have that vitality when you pray, to have that vitality in life, you must be compassionate because the way you are sensitive to another person, the way you in tune with another person, the way you empathize with another person is the way God empathizes with you. And God's empathizing with you is allowing you to be awake to this moment, to be the creator of the world at this moment, to sing the song of compassion at this moment. So it's a cycle where the cause is the effect and the effect is the cause. Where the song of compassion is the reward. And the reward of compassion is the song that you're singing. Where it's being present is the experience and being present is the reward. We're recognizing that there's no better tomorrow that's coming. There's no place, there's nothing that's going to bring you salvation. Only yourself to waking up. And if you can't wake up fully, that's what the Balatani says, then start with my satsudaka. Just start with making peace with the poor man. Even if he's not yet rayacha, even if you don't see him as a friend, start with the mere activity of making a change in his life. Then God will make a change in your life. Maybe superficial, but it will allow you to wake up because while you're doing a superficial act of compassion, giving a thousand dollars to a poor man, that itself is allowing your activity, the physical brute, reality of your body to wake up and eventually you will wake up internally eventually you will be fully enthusiastic and fully creative and fully in touch with your deepest compassion so it starts with my satsudaka and that brings a tremendous peace in the world and then god makes peace with you he allows you to give up the past and give up the future and the deeper you give to another person when you're compassionate, when your child becomes your friend, your spouse becomes your friend, all the people around you, even when there's reactivity, because you're internally awake, you see beyond it. You see beyond the superficial, you go deeper. So you're not triggered by your spouse's ego. It's not your ego communicating with your spouse's ego, but you're speaking to your spouse from way beyond the ego. And when you wake up to beyond your ego, instantly anybody you're dealing with, you force them to go deeper. And to understand this most magical idea, to understand this, that however you act with anybody around you is instantly how God reacts with you. And that is the song that's sung through you and with you. And to understand the enormous responsibility that whatever real prayer is about connection with God, to ask him for more compassion, for more love and fear, to more unity with him. Because the more deeply you're in touch with the divine, the more deeply you're in touch with your creative powers, the more you understand how you act with everybody around you is exactly how God acts with you and through you. And that is the essence of prayer. That is really what's to be revealed during prayer, to understand your partnership with the divine. But it starts with you. Whatever you do, however you show up, that is the most magical thing in the world, to realize that creativity. And then a person's pushed to go from Misa, not just mere activity of compassion, but to go and fully show up to try to be as awake, as in tune as possible. 
Because then you have God's compassion flow through you. And when a person does that, it's a never-ending, everlasting tranquility and harmony. It's an indescribable peace. It's a peace that's far beyond. It's something that's guaranteed. It's something that's never-ending. It's something that's indescribable. That's what he's trying to get to over here. To be free from your ego even for one moment, which means to see that the reward is this moment now, how I will live it, how awake I will be. That itself is the reward. And if you're still looking for another reward, you haven't fully woken up. But if you have eliminated the idea of a tomorrow, then that means you've got in touch with compassion. It means you're highly in tune, highly awake, highly empathic, highly creative. You realize that the buck stops with you. What you do now is what matters. And even to be awake with that for one moment in your life is a life worth living. Even if you get to one moment in your life that you could experience Hashkit Vaveta. And how more magical it is of a person who lives his whole life like that. To reframe your entire past because to say it was all worth it. To get to the recognition that I can make the change in somebody's life. That I have the power to change the world in front of me. To bring the song of the symphony of compassion into the world. Which is the purpose of the whole world that was created. And in the messianic era, we will live with what we did today. We will live with that revelation. How the world forced us to slingshot and to trampoline and to go deep within. To places we never knew possible. Because the foreign obstruction, the foreign anxieties and depressions that are all around us force us to go deep inside us. And to reveal a core of our soul that makes peace with everything around us. And that is the most magical thing in the world. To understand that and to understand it as our mission. And then we turn everything and everybody around us into the song of compassion. And to realize that. That is the purpose of the Torah. To generate such a love. And a symphony and a compassion. And all the artificial intelligence in the world will never be able to generate that. And all the greatest religions and all the great ideologies and philosophies can never come close to touching the Yiddish hearts, the Jewish heart. Because that's not something that could be created. That's not something that could be taught. It's something that could only be generated by practice and experience. And that's what the Holy Balatani is explaining over here. That is the reward. But it's something you must practice. And to practice it and to see it and to be part of it is the most magical thing in the world.